Hello and welcome to the Edinburgh Football Podcast, the podcast specialising in Edinburgh football. From Hearts, Hibs, Edinburgh City and the Edinburgh sides in the Lone League. Calm is alongside me. How are you doing this week? I'm good mate, I'm good. I'm not too bad. What about yourself? Yeah, fine, thank you. A lot to get through tonight, Calm. The running order will be, we'll review the derby. We'll then preview the, the two sides' upcoming fixtures in the top six. We'll then speak about Edinburgh City. We're joined by Blair Carswell, the Spartans goalkeeper, to discuss Spartans yeah. Cup games. <laughs> and uh, we'll also speak Ember Uni Civil Service and Civil Service Strollers. Callum Darby, well, you, it, was the, it was the last stint of your football weekend, so we'll, yep. we'll start at the end. Uh-huh. Um, we'll go back. Well, it's, it was a draw in the end, Callum. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar, probably, to the previous derby, although uh, a winner wasn't found from the away side in the end. But... Uh, I probably a draw fear of the piece. Do you think over the course? Yeah, I don't think I don't think either team really deserved to win the game. I think I saw a lot after the game saying Hibs had several chances, etc. But for me, how many saves did Bobby Slamo actually have to make? You know, other than the one that comes off uh, Slavka's shoulder, doesn't really have a lot to do. I mean, at the other end, Marciano doesn't really have a lot to do. That sort of last minute flick from Uchi I feel like Marciano could easily just stand and catch that ball it's, it's right at him Agreed. and um, he's a tall guy he could easily just catch that but yeah he goes for the cameras <laughs> which you know fair enough fair enough but um, yeah I think I think both sides didn't do enough to, to merit three points I don't think Hibs tested uh, Zlamo enough and I don't think that, that Hearts did enough to merit a win either so yeah I think a, a fair result was a draw Reviewing the game itself, I think Hearts actually settled better in the game. Yeah, I thought they started, early, yeah. thought they started better, and I was actually impressed with uh, with Connor Smith. Is that his name? Connor Smith. Yeah. Connor Smith. I, my mind went blank there. Um, yes, yeah, done very well in the first half. Anyway, I thought he impressed yeah, think, in the first half. I think certain Hearts players had a very good first half. I think certain Hearts players had a shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, you, look, you've been saying for months now, the way to get. Hearts fans back on side is by playing youth and you know you've been you know, sort of a one man petition for Harry Cochran to be playing for Hearts and you know he came on and he was very assured as as he normally is in in games uh, but you know him and Connor Smith very good start but you know John Suter I don't know if it was his twin brother that was playing <laughs> but he yeah, started very, very unlike John Suter in a few very, very scary moments, but he was bailed out by Berra, who was an absolute rock. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It was bizarre to see Suter play. He was an absolute bag of jaggies, wasn't he? Yeah, that first for that half. first half, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed Craig Levine's comment about, uh, I spoke to John at half time and said, you know, do you want to phone John Suter so that we can have him for the second <laughs> half? But... Uh, Hibs will be, I think, themselves be disappointed because when they actually, I think Hearts started better and finished better, but that middle part of the game, I thought Hibs were the better side, yeah, especially in the second half until they scored. And I think Hibs will be, and that's why I put in the tweet, I think Hibs will be disappointed because they were playing well, you know, they missed the penalty, but they continued to do all right. Mm-hmm. They got the goal and then just stopped playing. Just stopped playing. Stopped playing. And I think that, that'll disappoint Heckenbaum massively. Yeah, I think. I think everyone in the ground really could see what was going to happen. I think about 10 minutes before Uchi scored, I, I turned around and I was like, look, you can you can see it coming. Hibs, Hibs aren't playing anymore. Yeah. Uh, Hearts 
you know, Craig Levine, a lot of criticism this year, but he got his subs absolutely spot on. You mm-hmm. know, the forgotten man, Jack Sparrow, came on, <laughs> and you know Stephen McLean. You know what, what, a, what an influence he was on the game. You know, Hearts going two up top, and he was just able to feed off Uche, um, to. After what we spoke about last week with his celebration, mm-hmm. I can confirm he just does it every game. Oh, Even though he didn't score, he definitely made the same gesture <laughs> to the heart support. So, yeah, I think it's just something he does. Um, it's an interesting thing. It's, it? it's an interesting thing to do, but I mean, Hearts fans might have missed it in the ensuing celebrations, but he he definitely ran in to get the ball back and did the get it up you. So I I don't I don't quite know. But that's that Stephen McLean for you. Um, but he definitely he definitely does that all the time. I think I pick up a point that you said there, Callum, about subs. Um, Levine mm. did get his subs right, and I think, I think from Heckenbottom's point of view, watching watching the game, I actually probably would have a bit of criticism of Heckenbottom. That's probably one of the first times up. Yeah, so no, far, a hundred percent, he got very wrong. And I think within two or three minutes of Hibbs scoring, I think Horgan's legs were gone. I think Omionga's legs were gone. It was crying out for an attacking substitution, uh, somebody to pick the ball up in pockets and run at that back four because Hearts had to do something. They were Hearts were starting to open up, yeah. And Hibbs just sat so deep, but we, when Hibbs got the ball, they had nobody really to go and yeah. I feel like and just I feel like McNulty was um, getting more and more isolated as well. The the first half, sorry, the sub at half time of Brian Slavko, I agreed with. I thought Canberry was pretty poor, but I thought Slavko was absolutely awful. Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't think he contributed anything. And for me, Hibs had one or two ways to go. After they scored, they could have brought on Gold or Agupong to try and stretch Hearts a little bit more, knowing that Hearts would have to open up to search for an equaliser, or they could have shut up shop and brought on Marvin Bartley and just you know had him and Milligan and just went proper. And instead of doing one of those, Hibs just dropped out of the game completely, and Hearts thoroughly deserved their equaliser. Yeah, the equaliser itself. I mean. I think McGregor again. I thought dealt with Uchi very, very well. Yeah, I thought he, he's been fantastic since Heckenbottom's coming. And I was very surprised. If I'm honest, I was surprised to see Paul Hanlon up for Player of the Year award. We've not, we've not been impressed. And again, well, no, I think like literally Player of the Year was you could vote for anyone. Yeah, but I think he was in the short list oh, wow. of names. Yeah, which I was quite surprised about. Must have a lot of friends. And then. For me, he's a fall for the goal, Cal. He comes charging uh, out. He's like, I don't think you've seen it at the time, and I messaged you seeing it. Yeah, I, think. I, I disagree with you at the time, but I watched it back on the highlights, and I think you're absolutely spot on. You're he, absolutely spot on. He comes charging out of his line. I just don't think for any reason. I think McGregor's coming back round. Yeah, I think that the thing is, Uche and McGregor are going at it like two absolute titans. And, yeah. you know, it was a fantastic watch all game, and Uche looks to have the better of McGregor, but McGregor's right there with him. Hanlon pulls out leaves that space for Uchi to pop the ball off to to Stephen McLean, where the thing is, you know, Paul Hanlon literally just bounces off Uchi, doesn't have the physique to match him, mm. um, going toe-to-toe. Darren McGregor can stand up uh, to him a, a lot better. I think that McGregor was, you know, a colossus against him for the majority of the game. Yeah, I think you're right, he is getting back round to be able to deal with Uchi's threat, and... But I mean, David Gray slides in. Yeah, I know. You know, he's very rash. Steve McLean, does he mean to put that perfectly on a play for Uche? <laughs> Look, it doesn't matter when when the breaks go your way. I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk about the the penalty. I think that 
a very similar incident at Tynecastle a few weeks ago, and yep. I think what our consensus was that it wasn't a penalty, but it's one of those that for me, when you're that goes against your team, you're sitting there going, "That's never a penalty." Well, it was That's two against one. It was two against one. Ah, it was two against one. <laughs> but um, when you are when you are sitting there and that goes for your team, you're saying, "Oh, stop Waller, stop Waller, stop Waller." See them giving every day of the week, yeah. every day of the week, and it falls and in that category. Yeah, it's, but it's, I th- for me, I think it's a pen because I think, I think if that's anywhere on the park, it's one of those, and it happens all the time. If that's anywhere on the park, it's a free kick. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. Therefore, but the thing is, if that's anywhere else on the park and it's a free kick, because I tell you, we'll go on to speak about that with civil service later on in the on the podcast. But I think that. Hearts can definitely feel hard done by when they won the penalty, but you know Mark McNulty showed fantastic sportsmanship. <laughs> he obviously didn't think it was a penalty either, and he he hit it wide deliberately. Yeah. And I think that that is respecting the rivalry. I think that was a class act from Mark McNulty there. He's yeah. he's really stepped up, and <laughs> you know, you know, just reminded everyone about the the values of of a football match, and that was brilliant from him. I think we're maybe I think we're maybe seeing. Listen, I think McNulty's a fantastic striker. Uh, I think Hibs should do all they can to get him back, yes. but I think he needs a. I think he needs somebody alongside him. I think. I, I think, needs somebody I think to play what off. he's doing is, um, he started off fantastically. So it's like, look, this is how good I am. I'm now just going to take it easy for a few weeks, so it makes it easier for me to come back here next summer. But do you not think though that those better games? I know it's tongue in cheek. I know what you're trying to say, but yeah. do you not think his better games? Where when it was two up front with Cam yeah, I think going back to the Dundee games, needs, the two of them played up well, front together not, were very not, good. Not just Dundee, but um, you know St Johnston away. I think that he needs he needs someone up beside him, or he needs someone like Scott Allen in the middle of the park that is going to find him. You know. Somebody he needs someone close to him. Yeah, he, he definitely, definitely, himself. definitely needs someone. And you know, I think that his work rate is second to none. He's still fantastic, but it's it's been a while since since he scored, and you know, look. Penalties are never a given, and I think he's gone for power, and he's just got it, just got it wrong. So last point on Hearts, we'll go back to Hearts before we, we preview the games. Calm. You mentioned it earlier about playing playing the more young side of fight, young players. Sorry, you know the more youthful players to come on, try and get the fans back on side. I think Levine adopts that for the next couple of games leading to the Scottish Cup. I think, well, I think that it would be very harsh to drop, uh, like Harry Cochran or Connor Smith. When realistically they played very well, I think the thing is Ryan Edwards came on did very well. Bosnich came on did very well, but your your Jooms, your your Ollie Lees, you know they shouldn't be seeing a Hearts jersey for a while. I think I think it was quite easy for the subs to come on. A player like like Bosnich who who likes just to get the ball and just play passes and spray yeah. passes. Heads were playing so deep that there was oh, nobody, yeah. there was nobody pressing them. So I think. Any, I think even I know all people haven't been a big fan of Ollie, but I think even Ollie could probably come on in that role and just spread passes because Hibs weren't pressing, whereas the damage had already been done. It's um, the young players like your Cochrane and your Smith, they'd already, they'd already given Hearts the opportunity mm-hmm. to go and do that because they'd obviously put themselves around and they'd maybe tired Hearts out. So when players came, it was a bit easier for them. On the flip side, I think if you'd started the Bosnich etc., who knows what could happen? If you know if they'd gone Lee and Bosnich from the start not as much energy as your Cochrane's and your Smith yeah. it'd be interesting to see what the score would have been oh, I think, like 10 I think, minutes ago I think that Hibs probably would have would have had the better of the game but yeah. you know bef- before the game I'm sitting there and uh, my mum turns to me and says you know I'm, I'm worried because I'm confident 
and any time I'm confident, I know that the worst is about to happen. And I think that that is, <laughs> that is, that is always the sort of thing with, with Hibs fans going into a derby. I mean, you never want to be confident going into a derby. And, you know, I've got, you know, several Hearts fans that are friends that are just, you know, they, they do not go into derbies overconfident because you know that it can come back and bite you yep. in the backside. So it's, it was definitely an interesting derby. I think that Hibs realistically should have been in a position to to warrant all three points, but the on the day they did not deserve to to come away with the three points. You know, not not did not do enough in front of goal. Yeah, yeah. And it's one. It comes at one rash decision from Hanlon really, and Hibs have dropped two points. Mm-hmm. But can you honestly come away as a Hibs a Hibs fan and say? We deserved all three points today. No. no, I don't. I don't think Hibs deserve three points. No, I don't agreed. think. I don't think Hearts deserve three points. I think that they, um, they stood up very well to the pressure for about 20, 25 minutes in the second half, and you know then as soon as Hibs got the goal, they sat back, did exactly what Hearts did at Tynecastle, and paid the price. You know, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, Hearts play Kamarnik on Saturday, Calm. Yeah, they'll have the opportunity to, to put the pressure on Hibs yeah. because obviously Hibs the following day and at this precise moment are away to one of the informed teams in the league. So Hearts Killy, what are you what are you thinking here? I think it's I think it's a very interesting game. This is the last home game of the season for Hearts. You know, ordinarily you're sort of thinking that Killy are you know doing really well, but I mean they've had a poor start to the split. You know they've uh, fair enough. It's only been two games and they've lost them both one nil, but. They they're still sitting in pole position for fourth place. They've won at Tynecastle already this season, uh, but Hearts have beat them twice at Rugby Park. So it's course, yeah. it's definitely a very interesting game where the away side normally comes out on top. I think that it's you know the last last home game of the season. The fans, or sorry, the players always give the fans sort of lap honour for you know supporting them during the season. So I think that Hearts will want to for their last home game, go out and put on a show, put on a performance, build on the point that they that they deserved in the, in the derby instead of, you know, relapsing and all of a sudden, you know, if they get beat two or three nil off Kilmarnock and then yeah. you know, it's it's a couple of tough games yep. before before the cup final. So I think it's a it's a really good chance for Hearts to build a little bit of momentum before the cup final with a good point at Easter Road and then you know, three points at home to Kelly, mm. and you know they really be, you know, and it also helps put them back in the driving seat for for fifth place. Yeah, I agree. I think me personally, looking at terms of selection, uh, I'd be careful with Smith. Personally, yeah. I think I would right. say two games in a row, maybe maybe a bit too early. I think maybe definitely have him in the squad, definitely bring him on, but to to you know what it's like as any even a team, you know they they have that high one week a derby and an atmosphere and the next yeah. week can you lift it again I'm not sure but I think Cochrane for me has to start uh, next yeah, week yeah but you've been a big fan of Harry Cochrane for, for a long time and you've I just think championed his case all season yeah. really so it'll be interesting I think you're right it's going to be a, I think it'll be a cracking game I think Kelly will know if they win I think, I think Kelly will cheat it we win Saturday that's us fourth Europe yeah, secured I think, yeah I think so and then Hearts at the same time are thinking you know what if we can put a little run together we've still got an opportunity to go fourth so it's yeah it's I mean interesting it's it's harder for Hearts but I mean you know if they wanted to get fourth they would need to they would need to win 
on last chance saloon. Yeah, so I mean, this is definitely it. And look, okay, they've definitely got the players there. And Uche, having found goals hard to come by this season, finally looks like the Chitima Cup, doesn't you it? You know, I mean, that's that's two this month, which mm-hmm. you know, considering he's only on seven for the season, I think that you know maybe obviously he has missed a lot of the season through injury, True. but. And he's missed a lot of the season without playing with Stephen mm. Naismith, who mm. is crucial uh, yeah. but yeah. to his sort of game. But I think that, you know, he's he's definitely looking in form at this moment in time and I don't think Kilmarnock can handle him. Mm. Will they have their players back? Um, I th- Well, it's normally just a one-game ban unless it's a straight red or violent conduct. So Kilmarnock probably will have uh, a few players back. But we cover more straight reds, were they not? We've covered Rodfield. Um, I can't mind now. But I've, there are a few I've, reds anyway. Uh, three reds. I think I think one was a straight red. I thought the other two were second yellows. Okay. But um, no, I think Hearts have to focus on what they can do instead of what Kilmarnock can do. Fair. Hibs will know what they have to do come Sunday. They'll know perhaps a, a win, I think, would secure definitely secure fifth. Or potentially a win, but then perhaps then getting pushed to get to get fourth. Yeah. Uh, Rangers away, won all last time at Ibrox. Won all last time at Easter Road. No, yep. no. Previous to that, uh, Easter Road. It's Rangers. I think you're saying Callum, only team not to beat Hibs or league team. The only, the only team, the only team Rangers haven't beaten this this season. This season yeah. in, in the in the um, league, so. But I think I think you're looking at it, this. This is a tough game for for Hibs. Although pff, saying that, it's you know pff, five five games in a row Hibs are unbeaten against against Rangers, and you know that's. Fair enough, that's three at home, two at Ibrox, but I mean, and four of them are draws, but the win was at Ibrox. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hibs, Hibs have had a very good record there post relegation. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing really to fear, I would say, going going to to Ibrox, but it's it's definitely going to be a tough game. I think Rangers, four from four, they've they've beaten Hearts twice, they've beaten Motherwell, and they've beat Aberdeen last week, which is massive. and you know, any time they're in the box, they get a penalty. So <laughs> it's 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 going to be very very tough for him. You know, so but I think if depending on the result of Tencastle, say that's uh, a Hearts win or a draw, and it's only Hibs are separated by say five points. If they can get a win or a draw, Ibrox and just close that gap, then that game at Kilmarnock on because it's it's at. Rugby Park next week for Hibs that would be massive mm. you know if Hibs won that game they know that they can go into the last game Rangers have Kilmarnock away so they, they know that there's a good chance that they might not win that game I mean it's it's going to be a tight wee race depending on the result Hibs have gone under Heckenbottom on the main in the early stages of his of his man, managerial career at the club was was four four two, wasn't it it was yeah. like straight four four two, and uh, but the last couple of weeks, I think actually from that Rangers yeah, second half, Rangers he's gone four five one. If that's the case, would you push for maybe Agupong to start on that left hand side rather than Camberry? So play yeah, Agupong left would, mid with Horgan on the right. I would much rather see wingers play than uh, Camberry. I think he just needs a break at this moment in time. I think his confidence is a little bit short, um, and he's a good player to have to bring off the bench. I'd like to see Ryan Gold get some minutes. I, I think that. On a pitch the size of Ibrox, where your know, Rangers Rangers will play mm-hmm. and let Hibs play, so 
I think I, Ryan Gold could yeah. be could be massive for for Hibs. He's not not kicked the ball under Heckenbottom, which I'm surprised at. Maybe maybe he's not still not quite ready. Yeah, or maybe Heckenbottom doesn't rate. Or maybe that. Which is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think actually you know someone we've seen the likes of like Scott Allen for example back in the Championship days. Come obviously I can't compare the ability of Rangers back then to to the form they're in now. To be honest, but. Games like that when Rangers are going to have Tavernier and, and, and whoever's playing left back quite high and you're going to have, I don't know if Kent's back, but whoever's playing in, in the mm-hmm. wide areas, a player like that, Galt, is to pick up that hole where if Hibs can nick it you know, off a striker and you can play that positive pass to somebody in the centre circle, he's going to pick up that pocket and he's got the quality to yeah, drive I in, mean, isn't he? And it's just somebody that I feel like could be the difference. 4-2-3-1 four, four, uh, would yeah. be the sort of ideal... Gold playing off, or like a four four one one almost. Yeah, um, Gold playing off uh, McNulty with yeah. two two natural wingers, because you know that Rangers fullbacks bomb forward, especially to Vernier. I think that he's fantastic going forward. Got a great ball in, but Score defensively, fans. well, Christ Almighty! I mean, <laughs> I think I think I saw a stat that Rangers have had seventeen penalties this season, which is the highest ever tally. In, I don't know if it's just Scottish football or if it football. was <laughs> if it's just football in general in a season but uh, that is including three in Europe they've only had 14 in, oh, in the league sorry. Okay. which uh, I think I think matches Celtic's tally but oh. they had 17 all in all in the league right, okay. but but what we've got to remember is these teams don't get the decisions no 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 um, but you're right so it's wingers key I think I think yeah I think he has to go with Agupong uh, and and Horgan and go go out right. I think he has to be brave. There's no point in sitting in and you know expecting mm. what's to come because Rangers the form they're in they will they will fancy it. So you've got to you've got to be brave and take a chance. Yeah, you know to. I just think yeah, just the, the point there is we're playing a striker at left mid, and we've got wingers on the bench. I just I don't understand. Yeah, that. but that's. Well, I, I also didn't understand the point of bringing a winger on with two minutes to go but that's that's also by the by but we can't be too hard on him Hegebaum he's still unbeaten 10, ten games unbeaten which... the record is it not is it the record now most unbeaten oh. start to oh for a, for a manager, manager? Yeah, oh, I think he broke that well, he, I think he, 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 he matched it I think with the boy uh, but um, no I think that that's that's the this is the fifth season in a row that Hibs have gone on a run of ten games unbeaten, oh. which is fairly impressive considering that's you know quarter of a season or almost a third of a season. So mm-hmm. it's over the last sort of five years since obviously relegation, Hibs have had a little bit of steel in amongst them and being able to get to ten games unbeaten, which is decent. no mean feat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, moving on to. Ember City, Callum. Um, I think they're just gagging for the playoffs now, to be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree I with think that. we were speaking before we came on, perhaps just league, just, you know, once the league's done and it's, we're not playing for points anymore and it's just straight off, head to head over yeah. four games, whatever, that might just relieve any, I don't know, whatever they're feeling right now I th- yeah I think that's a disappointing one on Saturday they, they need to they need to get out of the league really I think because so much was put on them from the way they started the season and they flew under the radar and then all of a sudden they were 
the team that everyone was talking about. The, team the, um, the players were getting linked with moves everywhere. I think Blair Henderson was linked with half of the championship. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something that if they can just get away from oh it's points and I mean I know I know they're two legged affairs but it's almost like just a one off a one off game and you know that if you put in a decent enough performance in one of the games there's a good chance that you're going through mm. and you know I think that they just they're desperate for those playoffs to happen. Yeah agreed. The game itself Callum <clears throat> Josh Walker the free kick, good goal. Yeah, he strikes it strikes it very well. Good yeah, good finish. Chances in there well to probably extend the lead there, but just couldn't quite see it. And the longer it went on, you're just thinking it's going to happen, isn't it? They're going to, we're going to well, concede. Going exactly, to concede exactly. With the with the derby, you're you're looking at it, and when I say the longer it goes on at one 0 nowadays, you're just thinking all it takes all teams, is teams always get a chance, don't they? All it takes is you know one miss hit, one set piece, one quick counter attack. It's all it takes, and the ball's on the back of the net, and well, it was. A shocking set piece that mm. that was, that was the equaliser for Elgin, and I mean they've not been in any sort of form, but you know the comes in from a corner, the like Shepherd just it comes off his knee, or something, and it bounces right back across the six yard well, box. What else could it be in that area? If it's not his knee, his leg, his thigh, his groin. <laughs> Um, I, th- yeah. I have no idea where you were trying to go over there. <laughs> poor goal, it's poor goal. Um, bounces back across the six yard box and ridiculously named Loveland scores. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, Loveland. <laughs> Interesting question here, which I think may actually generate a bit of conversation here. Now, I'm not implying here that the well, that's, City that's what podcasts are about. Yeah, so it's, I'm more than happy for people to give their opinion here. Now, I'm not saying for a second to to purposefully go out to lose a game but if Ember City lose on Saturday and Annan were to win Ember City would finish fourth I think I'm, I'm they would saying. finish fourth yeah do you think that's actually a better to position to be in knowing that if you finish fourth you're potentially going to play a team from the from the league above who <laughs> haven't been in great form whereas let's be honest if Ember City draw or win on Saturday then it's going to be Clyde or Peterhead two teams that are potentially in form. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Uh, I can see both sides of the argument. Um, look, you've... Clyde's in fantastic form, but lost John Rankin to the end of the season. Now, mm. would you rather play Clyde's when they've only had one game to adjust without John Rankin? Or would you play Clyde after they've had three games to adjust without John Rankin and then mm. got through a two-legged playoff? Mm. You know, and I think that the thing is, look, yeah, you play Brecon City or Senesh Muir, but if you don't, if you if if that backfires and you don't beat them, then you look ridiculous. But mm-hmm. also at the same time. You beat them, and you you're going to come up against Clyde or Annan anyway. Yeah. The so, team, the team that. that yeah, I I think I know you're you're saying it. It's like, you know, to win the league you've got to beat the best teams, or mm. to to win the Champions League you're gonna to have to meet Barcelona at some point if you want, you know, for for example. Yeah. So I I think I know what you're saying there. You can't, you you can't just run away from from, yeah. from the teams you're you're gonna face. I think that's what you're saying. So, we just 
deal deal yourselves, get the win, get momentum, and then just take who you get. Yeah, I think that. I think the bet. I think the best scenario for Edinburgh City, if I'm being honest, is to win Saturday, and then face probably Peterhead, because Peterhead will have that no would one. Be, yeah, that I think that. How how did they pick themselves up? Because the league was uh, there for them. Yeah, over I the mean, last how, two how weeks. How did Jim McAnally like pick pick them up? That would be. I mean, as much as like you know, Clyde's going up, but if if they got Peter Heads, they've not lost to Peter Head this season. They've got a far better head to head record with Peter Head than they do Clyde. Yeah. You know, I would be confident actually City to could go out and beat Peter Head. I would actually think that yeah, they're nailed on for the for the playoff final. But Clyde, I think that that's right in the balance. I would say mm. Clyde Clyde are favourites, uh, given that They've beaten City now three times. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's three times. They've yeah. beaten them twice at Ainsley Park and they've, they recently came from behind. So I think that they are, you know, I think that they're going great guns. Um, if they hadn't had that four points taken off, they, they would have won the league. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. I, think, I think Clyde have that that hunger in them. They have that uh, fi- fire in the belly yeah. to go, we yeah. should actually be up here because we've had four points taken off. And that, I think... Is in them, and that's when you've had the, you know, three one down against Peterhead, came back to go three three, and I think they were even three 0 down against Berwick at half time. I think they came back and either drew or won the game earlier on. So, yeah, um, yeah I think I agree with you. I think deal with yourself, win the game, build momentum, and then just see what happens. The rest of the players. Yeah, I think I think that City have had a fantastic first half of the season. Uh, the second half has been. Not not so fantastic, and I think that I went on I went on Saturday away from home, fourth bank grass pitch. They can move the ball about. I think that it has to be three points. They have to get in, and get just one win before the playoffs. Um, it's a torturous run that they've been on. And well, it's no yeah. wins. It's no wins in the month of April. Yeah, you know, and is... and the thing is, I mean. Yeah, fair enough. They played Clyde, but they've not been facing, you know, the heavyweights of, mm. of League Two. So I think that they really need to get three points on the board and you know, a little bit of confidence, go into the playoffs with no fear because look, this is the first time, well, first time in a while they've been involved in playoffs. <laughs> well, certainly in in these playoffs, and and let's be honest, if somebody I've said it before, if somebody said at the end of the season you're going to be in the playoffs. They would have put your hand off Yeah, 100%. It. I mean, I think the problem, the problem that in it's the way it's had, come around. And yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely not their fault in any way, shape, or form, but it's, you know, they are very, very unfortunate to have had such a fantastic start to the season where it looked like they were going to run away with the league to then have the, the second half of the season where it's all sort of fallen apart a little bit and they've sort of stumbled over the line to the playoffs thanks to the fantastic early season form mm-hmm. whereas if that had been over the course of a season up and down I think that there would have been no problems yeah agreed ok Cal moving on to the lone league and we'll start where you started your footballing weekend Spartans uh, against Kelty on, on Friday night mm-hmm. uh, we were joined by Spartans penalty hero mm-hmm. Ellen the show who gave his own take on the game and also previewed Spartans upcoming fixture this weekend Blair, thank you for coming on. Uh, last weekend, you obviously played Kelty in the in the first round of the League Cup. 
Uh, one yeah. all after extra time. You obviously won on pens, but do you think deserved it? Deserved to go through? I thought so. I over the piece of the game, I thought we just maybe just edged it. I would say um, their goalie had probably more to do than I did. Um, and I, it was good to see young Josh get on the score sheet as well. Yeah, it's just that's it's something that. You know, Spartans have been renowned for the last sort of couple of years. You know, not just yourself, but you're looking at Sid, Dish, Adam. Uh, it is something that Spartans do like to promote, and it is a it is a very really good platform. So it must be good to see young players coming through and and not just coming on and getting a game, but actually, you know, proving their worth and uh, you know and, and helping secure three points or or cup wins. Yeah, exactly. It's good to obviously encourage younger guys into the team, and uh, as you say, I've been there along with Sid and. Dish and Adam as well, who have come in and sort of secured their place in the first team. So, yeah, it's always encouraging to see that the club's doing well on that side of things. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I know. I suppose you were the you were the hero of the hour, so to speak, with the with the three penalties and 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 in the penalty shootout there. It's not the first time you've uh, saved three penalties in a game, though, Blair. I remember one a few years ago against City. Um, yeah, well. And then managed to win this game. Aye. <laughs> in the last round, in, the, in another cup game as well, you obviously beat Pennycook and you chipped him a, in a penalty saving there as well. It's becoming your, your party trick. What what is it? What is it you're doing different to to other goalies? Have you got a have you got a technique that you that you do or are you like me that just like read up people's <laughs> where they want where they like to shoot so you've got that in the back of your head, do a bit of homework or is it just <laughs> off the cuff? I just say it comes with a sort of more experience, but uh, the more penalties you you face, you sort of more chances of saving some. So earlier on in the season, in the bet friend, I never really had much uh, success, but uh, yeah. I managed to repay that on Friday. Yeah, yeah. So this weekend you've got Ember Uni in the in the next round. Uh, it's keeping your season going. I think you'll be delighted to have actually won on Friday because I think if you'd if you'd been knocked out on Friday, you'd have had about a three week wait till this other cup final. So uh, Ember Uni. Um, Feeling pretty confident to try and get to the, the next round of this cup? Well, as you know, it's always one week you play them at uni, they can be different class, and the next week they're totally different. So um, it'll just be a matter, obviously, going into the game, um, hoping for the best, and trying, obviously, keep the season going as well as the cup final later on against Bonnerick. But it's always good to just keep playing games rather than having, obviously, as you say, two. Two or three weeks off, so yeah, it's good to keep keep the games going. Yeah, totally. And uh, being a jambo yourself, Blair, obviously yeah. a, a big couple of weeks coming for the club. Uh, we'll we'll start our very first Scottish Cup prediction as we lead up in a few weeks' time. You're our first, so um, what are you thinking your chances are for the the end of May against Celtic? Will Levine stop the treble treble? Well, a lot of jambos wouldn't be feel confident but as you say if scoring a cup final anything can happen um, but my prediction is obviously going to be 1-0 Egypt 1-0 Egypt there you go the very first prediction 1-0 to Hearts well Blair we wish you all the best for, for the upcoming weekend and then obviously a few weeks time you've got a cup final uh, to look forward to we wish you all the best in that one or if not it could be two cups and then Hearts would top it off with, with a treble of yourself so Thanks for coming on, Blair, and I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Hotmate. Nice little segment there with uh, Blair, just giving his his opinion yeah, no, on the weekend. Uh, good having him on, although you must have bored him a lot. 
Yeah, it must have been a long day at work for the lad. A uh, long day at work, and then he has to come and speak to you. Yeah. <laughs> he's sitting there. He remembers how bad my chat is all that last it. season. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but would you do? Would you go along like, with? Uh, sorry. Aye. Would you go along with his comments? You thought he deserved it over the piece. Hundred percent, they deserved the win over the piece. I think um, Kelty definitely settled quicker. Uh, they've got you know four guys at the back that are all about six foot eight. You know, <laughs> which is you know classic old school Scottish football. I thought Stephen Husband in the middle of the park when he wants to play boys can't get near him mm. um, but if he could be bothered for 90 or 120 minutes <laughs> then I think you know Kelty would have been a far far better position this. but I mean I think he he dropped in and out of the game and when he was out of the game it was noticeable mm. uh, but Do you think Kelty in a team perhaps Callum I know obviously don't follow them all season but we've seen a few of their games Um do you think Kelly probably in the mindset of, or Barry Ferguson perhaps in the mindset of, get this season done because next season where it's happening for them? Yeah, well, judging by signing rumours, uh, yeah, I think that a hundred percent they are. All right, we've had a sort of season of just <clears throat> getting used to the league, um, and second season we're going to push. Mm. And yeah, I think you're spot on. I think that they are going to look for look for next year. I think that. I mean they're fairly solid, but without any real cutting edge. If I'm honest, you know, Tubal cleared one off the line, but you know, with Carswell on the show there, and he's saying that, you know, their keeper had a lot more to do than he did. I mean, other than picking the ball out his net in the first period of extra time, I cannot remember a save he had to make, mm. which which tells its own story. And yeah. the other boy, I think it's what Ingles is the. Uh, Christy Christy right, where have yeah. I got that from then uh, Christy he you know four or five very good saves mm. you know I mean I think that tells the story of the game really mm. uh, a big story of the game Callum was, was Spartans down to bare bones really and a couple of players playing through the pain barrier to, to yeah. get to get through the game and uh, you know we spoke to Blair there about the platform that Spartans provide you know the youth system coming through and you know kids from <laughs> toddlers all the way through to the first team Um Impressed with the the boys that came on? Yeah, well, I thought um, like the the team that they set out was an orthodox, Hovey up top. You know, it's not his natural position, but ran his socks off. You know, was just more than willing to chase everything down. Mm. I thought he was, you know, just brilliant up top. I thought mm. um, I was very impressed. I text you saying, you know, this I think this is the best I've seen him. Um and you know the boys the boys that started was it uh, Murray Hand I thought that he was I thought he was good I thought he it's very tough for a young boy that sort of size against the sort of physicality that Kelly had at the back there was one moment where he tried to tried to make a run and uh I think the Kelly sitting at half you know just literally took him out of the play. You know, didn't didn't fill him, didn't obstruct him, but it was just like classic classic centre half play. Yeah. But you know, just just eased them, and he has to. You know, it's like once round the centre half, twice round the park. You know that sort of. <laughs> um, but I thought the young boys that came on, you know, Nicky Reeds. I mean, he must be buzzing. You know, just done his leavers dance at school, <laughs> uh, going to high school. Um, P seven one of the ah P seven. Get himself up to high school, but. Look, they came on. Like you're saying that the boy Josh. I think I thought was he was a defender. The centre half. I tell you what, some finish. 
to, to just get on the end of what was another fantastic Aaron Scott delivery. Del- yeah, the delivery's good. You know, Aaron Scott put in some fantastic balls on on Friday night. Thought he was very impressive. But I mean, I thought what what I really liked was Nicky Reid came on, definitely the smallest guy on the park. Um, within you know first couple of minutes, he gets the ball about thirty yards out. He just has a strike, you know, and I mean to be fair, it goes goes a couple of yards over, but it was just that sort of statement of intent of mm-hmm. right, you know, I um I thought Chen was brilliant at left back, found him. I, I I still don't know how he managed to put in this like pinpoint cross, which was right on the top of um um smallest guy in the park in amongst, you know, I think it just loops over Errol Douglas and he gets in. And he's unlucky another good save for the boy Christie. But I thought you were going to say I was surprised that Gary Chen could put a pinpoint cross. <laughs> I thought you were going to stop yourself at that. But no, no, no. To be fair, I, um, I, I think I think we need to like stop having a go at Chen because uh, I think <laughs> on Saturday when <laughs> I put off that I put off that tweet about him, uh, I'm not weird though. I used to play for Toss or off things. So I think I think we've I think we've uh, gone at him a bit too much recently. So give the boy a break. But look, Spartans. When it went one 0 I thought, oh, no. Have they got? Have they got in them knowing that there was a few boys playing through injury, mm. that it wasn't necessarily a first, first, uh, first strength, team yeah. full strength first team. Yeah. And you know they fought into fought back into the game well, and when it went to penalties, where cars were on the sticks, you know that you've got a chance because yeah. you know three three brilliant saves. The third one was fantastic. Yeah, the third was pick of the bunch. Yeah, yeah pick of the bunch. And I think the most relieved man. At Ainsley Park was Ian McFarlane because he was on the next penalty. <laughs> he was absolutely delighted with the fact that yeah. uh, Carswell had saved him that job. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think he'd probably been first, first to thank, uh, yeah. thank, thank Carswell there. Unfortunately, when Super played with me, I, I didn't have the same effect in penalty shootouts. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and I've had the opportunity, gradually, uh, uh, to 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 get away with one. But um, Max, he almost gets goal of the season as well, doesn't he? Well. <laughs> Twice in twice in two weeks he's rattled the bar from thirty yards and it's just effortless the way he hits it. Mm. You know, um, when he hit the one against Cumbernauld, I thought, oh, what's he shooting? For? Oh wow! <laughs> uh, and that's sort of the, the train of thought. I was like, what's it? Oh my! Uh, and then you know he almost does exactly. Well, he does exactly the same against Kelty, and it's. I, I was like, that's in wow, and you know, it's a poster so, stamp. Eh? So unlucky. Yeah. Um, but they now well they face Ember Uni. Ember Uni came through the came through the tie. It was a bit closer this time. Uh, yeah. One yeah. nil. But again, as we said, for these boys that are coming to the end of their uni careers, perhaps heading back uh, across the country, across the world, perhaps yeah. uh, keeps their season going. Yeah, and to be fair, good, good because I think they would have been disappointed. Well, disappointed with the the end of the, the league season losing out to Whitehill at home so for them to bounce back in the Lonely Cup definitely brilliant I mean I've been impressed with Luke Money when yeah, I've seen him yeah I was going to say that yep. you know he's uh, you just like him because he's a Ouija playing for Ember Uni well I'm, I'm not going to lie when the first time I heard him shout at the Ember Uni game I, it, it threw me it did throw me the the accent and and everything <laughs> I just went no but um <laughs> That he's is is very very good on the ball as well. So it's not just, not just his accent that um I enjoy, but I think that. Yeah, I would say Spartans are favourites uh, for this game coming up. Uh, but on their day, the uni can co- as as Blair Carswell alluded to, the uni can cause problems for anyone, and when 
I mean, it was 3 0 earlier on in the season, and Spartans were 3 0 up at half time. But Uni had their chances. Mm. They just, unfortunately. Could they have had them at 0 0? Well, they had they had a couple at 1 1 0, which they should have taken mm-hmm. to, to get right back into the game. But, you know, I think Spartans played with an intensity that day that at times the Uni struggled to match. Mm-hmm. But they still were able to carve out opportunities. So I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, certainly got players in there that you've been impressed with all season, Carl. Almost every time you watch them, um, you know the yeah. likes of likes of Waters and his brother, uh, the other Waters. Stop that! That is absolutely <laughs> rotten, Patter. Uh, that is ro- That's why Carswell's yawning halfway through the interview <laughs> because that that is your okay shocking tough game. But as you said, Carl, they're like Jekyll and Hyde, the, the uni. So yeah, I mean, look, this is this is a team that. Has put on fantastic performance against East Coast etc. But gets smashed off still in Uni. So it's mm. like, if as as we've said all season, a lot of consistency goes a long way mm. in the Uni. So I'm sure they would like to prolong their season as much as possible. But this is a tough one with what now. I mean, there's no East Coast There's no Kelty. One of the favourites for this trophy mm. is is going to be Spartans. Yeah. Well, it's a team that weren't able to to continue. Prolong yeah. the season as as civil service strollers. I think um, you know if you were to say you're gonna finish fifth, you're gonna get a, a decent, you're gonna get a league team in the Scottish Cup, decent little run in in the Scottish Cup. Uh, you'd probably come away and say that's that's actually that's a really good season. I'll probably take that. But unfortunately, the way the way the season's panned out, Callum, it's it's kind of just going a bit of a damn damn square. Yeah, I think um, the last. Last sort of five games have been disappointing for Civil. They've not picked up a win in any of them, and you know they again they had their chances on. Well, you were there, of course. On Saturday, yes, you know the weekend of football, the <laughs> old uh, ground hopping uh, yeah, experiment. So, yeah. but I mean, look it, again, Civil chances. They were. I thought they were slow to get into the game. the The goal that they lost was comical. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a few boys miss it Josh Donaldson comes out um, just absolute calamity errors and the ball falls at the feet of you know the one guy you definitely don't want it to fall at Ross Allen and, you know he's he's going to score mm. um, I think what was Sally like how cute was he just calm and reserved what were you expecting them to run to the, no, the just, civil bench? No, the I'm old, just curious. The old Stevie McLean. I'm just curious. I'm just I'm just curious to see what you what you might have done. No, he was he was pretty pretty just uh, calm and composed. I think uh, I think I think it was Andy Rogers that was playing up top with him, and if Ross Allen had, had the chances he had, Shia probably could have been outside. I mm. think um, he missed he missed a few, but. You know, it just civil civil got themselves together, got the equaliser, great great finish. You know, good bit of play on the edge of the box. Falls to Stephen Frouds. You know, he's got a yard a space in eighteen yard box. Puts it across the keeper into the side net, and it was brilliant. And deserved at the time. He thought that we'd gonna kick on, push on, but I just think that missed missed a few players. You know, Churchy started on the bench, came on, made an impact, but. I mean, it comes down to Guff's a big player for them, Calm, isn't well, he? Obviously, as well, he's not. not is it fit. is it is it a coincidence that this maybe dip in form has come at a time and when, 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 when Guff's just not been available? Yeah, well, I think that a, a fully fit Ross Guthrie adds to to the majority of the teams in the league. Yeah. So, 
I think that, yeah, it would have been massive if they'd had him, but unfortunately injury has curtailed his season. I think that, I just, it came down to two interesting calls from the officials okay. in, in extra time for me, because I think in, over the, the course of the second half, the game sort of evened out and there was a few chances either way. But it came to, you know, Shire got a penalty, which Andy Rogers hand um, controls the ball with his hand in inside the box, which is missed by the linesman. Linesman had a shocker. He was awful. It's missed missed by the linesman. Um, so he handles the ball, and then he kicks the ground and goes over when he's trying to control the ball. Like I'm not gonna lie, it was it was it was awful. Um, gets the penalty. And you know Josh Donald says these big, big save. Mm, of course, yeah. Um, obviously at that time, but I think the linesman, linesman, the the way that they, you know, speaking to the players, mm. you know, was was absolutely disgraceful. It's like if you cut like um, I think Kevin Wall was going over just to sort of say, look, he's he's handled the ball. I mean, yes, his tone might have been a little bit louder than that, and the words possibly not as polite. But the the linesman's just going. So one step closer and that's a card. One step closer and that's a card. I'm like, you're just a job's worth, aren't you? <laughs> um, so, but then it comes it comes down to the last kick of the ball. Uh, Civil really improved in the second half, extra time. Get the ball decent area, free kick. And, you know, Andy Mayer, great delivery, goes to take it, swings it in. Then the ref blows his whistle. As the ball's in play, to warn uh, an East Island defender, they say any more of that, you're going to cost your team the game because it's a penalty. But the ball's already on flight. The ball's the ball's in flight. The ball's in play. East Island defender has committed the foul, and the ref stops the game to warn him That's that any more, any more of that is uh, unacceptable. And it's a pen- any more of that, and that's a penalty. Yeah. Any more of that, and that's a penalty, and the ball's in play. So, that that's where I think, you know, civil have been right hard done by. I think if uh, by I think refereeing it, decisions yeah. over the course of the season, you think about Sean Turnbull's red at East Kilbride, you think about the penalty with BSC. There, mm. I mean, it's just little things that have Same added margins. up. That and it's. I think the I think if I'm all honest, by the sounds of it, can't. In uh, the last minute of extra time, I think uh, the whole of the Christy Gillis is uh, relieved to see that the, the referee is wearing uh, a presumably all black referee outfit. Because I reckon if he was wearing all white, you might have seen a little stain ah. in his shorts. I think he's absolutely done that then, if that's the case, Cal. Um, to warn a player if, to, yeah, to keep your hands down what's a penalty when it's well, in I mean, flight is nothing short that's, of that's, embarrassing. That's what I tweeted. Um, and I think. It goes to the lottery of penalties. Unfortunately, civil miss out. I did thoroughly enjoy Jack Downey's penalty. Um, as we have alluded to on previous podcasts, the, the East Island fan, Mad Bill, was there in force. Uh, I took I took my mate Byers down to the game. He, uh, you know, never really seen football at this level, so was coming along pretty much, you know, interested and. I was like, mate, he doesn't stop all game, by the way. Like, I'm just warning you. Mm. And it's like, aye, aye. Uh, when about five minutes, it's like, are you kidding me? This, <laughs> I mean, he just doesn't shut up. Uh, 
Um, that much so that I think he was singing Shiry Pyre all the way <laughs> over the weekends. But um, I think he, Jack Downey scored and ran up to Mad Bill and just gave it the old A, um, which absolutely spot on. Then, you know, it came down to, you know, Kevwall hits a bar. You know, Barras is sitting in my ear going, I don't like lefties on penalties. I don't like lefties on penalties. Kevo <laughs> hits the bar and he turns to me and goes, That's why I don't like lefties on penalties. I'm like, oh, come on, eh? Um, Ker Allen saw a good, good penalty saved. Uh, nice height for the keeper, but <laughs> the, the best bit was. Um, so, uh, Shire, Ross Alm has the chance to score the winning penalty. And the ball's like thrown up, checked down, he runs in. It just boots it away. <laughs> like, not from the penalty spot, it's like thrown out, so it's like about 30 yards from goal. And Chad just runs out and boots it towards like the, <laughs> the stand at the Christie Gillis, um, which, uh, I, I mean, I laughed, I enjoyed that, but I mean, the, the reaction was very much like uh, Dougie Samuel shouting manners mm. um, a few weeks ago when he just went, there's a few, oh, come on! Yeah. Come on now! <laughs> Spin of the game! I was like, nah! I mean, this is. I think. I think Civil sort of knew, but you know, came up. We'll have. We'll have the last word, and you know, it was disappointing end to the season. And with that, yeah, that Civil season bowed out with a. Yeah. With the ball getting chunted into the into the stand, so, in all, you've seen a lot of Civil this season, Callum. I've seen, I've seen a decent amount. They've got to be fairly content with the first full season under Gary Jardin. That's a that's a good start. I think. I think they've definitely improved. Um, Throughout the season, I know that a lot of the boys have re-signed again, building into sorry buying into Jardin's system work ethic. Yeah, there's there's areas that they need to improve on. I think that if they could have had Cami Muirhead for a full season, I think that that would have made a massive difference for them. But Guthrie as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, injuries put and told. Uh, and if he if he hadn't played Churchy uh, right centre half for so long, <laughs> instead of moving further forward, oh, that, I think I think that oh, I just got my spoon out here. But no, I think look, it's I seen one of the one of the one of the the podcasters put Guy Jordan forward for Player of the Year. But, eh, Player of the Year. Player of the Year. Man, ah, he's he's had a sterling season there. Uh, manager of the Year. Go along with that. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously a lot of people will look at Stuart Malcolm. Uh, he's got a big day, Stuart Malcolm, isn't mm. it? Um, that, for me, comes down to whether or not they go up, me personally. Yeah, I think, I think um, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. But I think, you know, improvement-wise... In terms of points definitely, from last season I mean, to this. I think, yeah. I think East Coast Pride will admit that their hardest games this season were against civil service. Mm. Um, so I think that... Jardin's definitely improved them. They have more work to do over the course of the summer yeah. and the next year. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, Cam, any other shouts that came your way over the weekend? You had I three think, games to intake, so... Uh, yeah, I think... Um, well, I was disappointed that Bob Malcolm wasn't there on Friday night. Uh, otherwise, he'd have got an earful. Uh, I, did, I did shout at a Kelty fan during the penalties... Because he was he was shouting like no pressure, I think, when Sid was going up to take his penalty. And he put it away and I just shouted over, I need pressure, eh? 
It's like, I get, get, get far too involved. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, Christ Almighty. Um, and then I felt, I felt really bad because I mean the guy like came round and he had like a walking stick and all that. That's a disgrace. Like, I'm, I, like he wasn't like old, but I think like you know just like maybe his hip gets cold in winter. I don't know. Um, uh, on Saturday, obviously you had Mad Bill. East Stirling, they were they were brilliant. There was this I mean this is ridiculous. There's a wee boy that was supporting East Stirling and he all he was like throwing the ball back to the players and he had to throw the ball back to Andy Mayer. And he started greeting because he had to give the ball back to a civil player. <laughs> um, but um I took as I said, I took my mate Byers along. Um he was very impressed with Andy Mayer at uh, left back and well, he went to school with Clappy, so he thought that Clappy was brilliant in the middle of the park as well. But um, he had a few choice words for the linesman, uh, calling him uh, Stevie Wonder, <laughs> which, which um, I was I was very enjoying. As as he said, he's like, you know, it's. I mean, I kind of want to shout loads of things, but. I realised that I'm this close to the pitch and I have no idea how these guys are going to react. And I was like, well, I mean, that's the, that's the risk you take. Um, and to be fair, at the at the derby, there wasn't really any sort of... Repeatable ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, Cal, that's another another week passed. We wish all our teams all the best for this weekend. We're predictions. And we're going to do predictions. Yeah, thanks for reminding say. me. Cheers. Okay, we'll start with... Uh, in order. We'll start with uh, Hearts up against Kilmarnock Kilmarnock. Um, I think Hearts will build on the Derby win. I think that they have had the better Kilmarnock this season, so I think probably one of the only the few teams that can say that. Um, so I think that they'll pull off the win again. I'm going two one Hearts, two one Hearts. Hmm. Yeah, difficult one to predict. Uh, yeah, I'll go for. I'm gonna go for a, yeah. I'm gonna go for a classic. I'm gonna go three two Hearts. Just loads of goals. In in no way. Does anything about Hearts form indicate that that's but uh, fair play, fair play. Go for it. Um, Ember City up against Stirling Albion. Stirling Albion. I think that having spoke to Matt Lairds today, he's buzzing about getting to play on grass again. He's like a dug. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think that they'll come. I think they'll win two 0 I think it'll be professional. I think it'll be mm. professional two 0 yeah, I'm going to be positive. I think they're going to go through there and I think they're going to do 1 0 Blair Henderson. There you go. All right. Yeah. Uh, Spartans versus Ember Uni. Uh, like I say, Round two. Um, it really depends what Ember Uni turn up, but I think if Spartans turn up, it, it doesn't matter what Ember Uni turn up. I think that they, they, are, they are better. They're in some, a, a, an okay run of form. There's a few slip ups away from home uh, in April there, but. At home, they've been pretty on the money so far this season. So, um, I'm gonna go four one. Spartans, mm, nice scoring. I think personally, yeah, I think Spartans have got that fire in the belly. They know they've got one cup final in the bag. I think they're looking to add another. Uh, I think I agree with you. Don't know if it be as much as four, uh, but I'll go for three 0 And the last game of the weekend, Rangers against Hibernian. Hibernian, not very often you see that, is it? No. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't know why this scoreline's come to me, but I'm gonna go Rangers to Hibs three. Wow. Don't know why that scoreline's <laughs> come to mind. Uh, I think it's gonna be tough. I think I'm unfortunately gonna to to go with a, a defeat for Hibs actually. Yeah. 
Um, I think I'm going to go for 2-1 Rangers, I think. Yeah, yeah. to be fair. Aye. Okay. Right. Well, Cam, another week passed. Another episode done. I've been Andrew. I've been Cam. And that was the Ember Football Podcast.